Hello, and welcome to another podcast by Touchstone Financial Education. My name is Elliot. I can be found on LinkedIn, Elliot Cox, C-O-X. Send me a message. Tell me what you think. Reach out. Let me know where you're from. If you have any questions or would like to hear anything, by all means, let me know. Also, to my international listeners, especially the last few podcasts as we get more complex in our information around stock investing. I'd like to give a shout out to Canada and Spain, India, Qatar or Qatar, Russia and Taiwan. Thanks guys. I I really appreciate the fact that I'm getting some international exposure here and I really do enjoy, uh, enjoy doing these things. So anyway, with that said, today's agenda, we are tying it all together. So I've done 13 previous podcasts covering everything from Retirement accounts, taxable investing, asset allocation, stocks, income statements, a little bit on bonds and cash, but for the most part, we've stuck to stocks and have kind of taken up a conservative approach to investing, leaning more heavily towards the retirement component. All right, so now we're going to take the gloves off a little here. We're going to get more complex, slowly get more complex as I've, I've done these things, and I'm just going to continue that. So, given where the markets are today, off their bottom, of course, which is nice to see because the markets have been down since November of last year, and we hit that bear market territory in June, July-ish, right? For those of you who've been following and listening to the podcasts, you know I've been kind of stressing doing your homework, putting together a watch list, take a look at your asset allocation, what's your time frame on on investing? So we're going to kind of take a look at it through the lens of all of these previous podcast to date. So let's start with this. The markets are off of their bottoms. And and one of the previous podcasts, we took a look at the VIX, the 10-year treasury, and fund inflows as metrics to determine the direction of the market. And if you look at those, you'll see that the VIX has come down. I think when I first did the podcast mentioning the VIX, it was somewhere in the high 20s to low 30s. And now it's low to mid 20s. All right, the markets have come up. The 10-year Treasury is below 3. Right now, it sits at 2.88. It's been a little bit lower. All right, it's coming up, but for the most part, it is staying below 3. And, of course, those inflow numbers, those all-important inflow numbers, let us know what individual investors are doing in their retirement accounts as well as their taxable fund investing or brokerage accounts. All right, and we see money flowing out of money markets into equity funds. So people are feeling a slight kind of uptick perhaps in their sentiment, feeling a little better about their investments, breathing a little easier. And one thing that's interesting is that with every market cycle, there are some components that are that are common. And that is the aggressive investors are in first, then the moderate investors, then you more conservative equity investors. And so what we have seen since mid to late June on through early July you aggressive investors have already jumped back in. You know, you take a look at Apple. It's trading off its bottom. It's up about 35%. So if you got into Apple the last four or five weeks, you're up at least 20, 25%. Now, of course, if you're lucky, you got the bottom, but most of us were in at about 20%. Take a look at another big stalwart. Look at Adobe, okay? It's up a little over 20% as well from its lows. Cisco announced its numbers last night. And it's probably going to start trading higher. Numbers were better than expected. They mentioned the supply chain kind of unkinking itself or, or getting smoother. 
and that bodes well for selling more service. So we see in traditional tech, as well as other sectors in the market, that things are slowly improving. Now, does that mean everything is improving? That, you know, it's sunny skies and rainbows straight ahead? Absolutely not. The markets don't move that way. Housing is slowing down. Interest rates are going up. Inflation is still high. People are spending more of their paycheck on the staples. So it's always going to be kind of herky-jerky, or it's not going to be a straight path forward. But for you aggressive investors who've gotten in in the last four to five weeks, you have definitely been rewarded, not just in tech, but other sectors as well. Okay, so I'm going to speak to first those aggressive, then the moderate folks. Moderate, you guys jump in a little after the aggressive folks, and there's nothing wrong with that because you just want to make sure you are putting your money to work after things have turned around, and then, of course, the conservative investors. And, and as I mentioned in previous podcasts, that all-important allocation, or asset allocation, rather, is discipline in the market, and hopefully you're sticking to your guns in that regard. Now, how to include individual stocks within our asset allocation as the market turns around? One of the things I like to see people do, and I do this personally, is... Yes, I'm a stock investor, but I also like sector ETFs, exchange-traded funds. And for those of you first-time listeners, we had mentioned, you know, index funds, actively managed funds. Sector funds fall in the category of actively managed funds. And a sector fund just means that you're investing in one small sliver of the market. Financials or fintech, technology, chips, retailers, energy, etc., whatever that may be. So as you've done your analysis, and I like that, again, that kind of top-down approach, what's going on in the world, what's going on in the markets, what am I interested in? And we kind of stopped at ETFs or mutual funds, and we say, hey, I like this sector. I don't necessarily have the time to go ahead and put that money to work uh, in individual stocks, so I'm going to choose a sector fund. Well, guess what? There's a little nuance here, and that is you can have a sector fund and purchase a stock in that sector as well. So if you like chips, we see the supply chain unkinking, excuse me, you know, you might want to go ahead and buy the SOX or the SMH while looking at an individual stock in that sector. You might like Qualcomm or Texas Instruments or NVIDIA or whatever it may be, but they complement each other. So as you kind of round out your position in your favorite sector, don't be afraid to include stocks in that mix. Now, stock investing does take a little more time. We have to watch the news, especially in the midst of earnings season. As the markets turn around, we want to be a little bit more hands-on. If you don't have the time to do that, then by all means, stick to the ETFs. Now, in the previous two podcasts, we discussed how to look at an income statement, and that's relevant during earnings season. So we're looking at dividends. We're looking at the earnings per share. And especially with tech, we're going to take a look at that revenue number. So as we do our fundamental analysis, again, stick to your guns. I hope you're buying things that you've already had on your watch list. And if these are good companies that you're watching, they're making money. They're just in a bad environment, meaning the market has pulled back since November. We're starting to see things turn around. Now might be the time to go ahead and pull the trigger. And that, that... takes us from that aggressive investor on through that moderate. Again, a reasonable approach to investing, little to no emotion, pulling the trigger based on that discipline we established hopefully a couple of months ago. But with that said, you guys, you know what? I'm going to acknowledge 
the meme stocks here for a second because there is no denying that, you know, a year and a half ago or whatever it's been, the GameStops and the AMCs did quite well. Another one I'm going to add to the list today is Bed Bath & Beyond. And for those of you who watch the markets, know that it's up over 200% year to date. But let's be honest, as a business, fundamentally, it was on its way out. It's a meme stock. If you got into that meme stock and you made some money, hats off to you. Would I say that you took into consideration the fundamentals and other components of the market? And eh, not necessarily, but you caught the wave of momentum, which is a good way to segue into trading, which we'll talk about a little bit later. But, you know, good for you for Bed Bath & Beyond, but that does not make a good investment. As a matter of fact, I'm just going to say you got lucky, and I hope you get to ride it as long as you can. Don't forget to set your sell targets, limit orders, use stop orders, whatever, but get out because it's not going to be sustainable given where the company has been and potentially where it's going, much like other retailers like Kohl's, for example, who I believe is announcing their numbers today. Okay, so we want to be careful. We want to buy that ETF. We want to buy that stock. We need the time in the market. And more importantly, we need to exercise our discipline. That being said, let's move on and let's capture some of that momentum component. Uh, perhaps moving into technicals here for later podcasts, like I said before, trying to get a little more complex as time goes on. I'm going to leave that more conservative long-term stock buy and hold fund buy and hold approach in the rear view mirror because there is a time in the market when you can actually yes time the market now we all have heard you can't time the market it's time in the market that is 100 percent correct but if you catch the momentum properly whether it's a meme stock or it's the apples and cisco's and a few other things that are off their lows you are essentially timing the market so what is it that we'll be looking at to determine when it is time to get back in once we've made our pick, let's say, based on the fundamentals, all right? This is where we're going to get into things like simple moving averages, relative strength, overbought, oversold indicators which go to volume. Now, some of you might remember the phrase or the term stochastics. Don't hear about it too much anymore. A lot of stochastics is built into most trading systems on platforms like TD Ameritrade, Thinkorswim, Schwab, and their Street Smart Edge, so on and so forth. So they're already built in there, but they're a wonderful way to capture momentum, to make a little money on trading stocks. And I'm going to say this. I'm not talking about trading stocks as in day trading or swing trading. You know, that's difficult. That takes all day and you got to sit in front of a computer with four screens and all that. No, not good. What I'm talking about is traditional trading where you make a few moves a year or you're trading within, let's say, you know, a six month window, for example. We find a position, added it to our watch list, we pull the trigger, and when we do, when we buy it, it is very important that we sell, set excuse me, the sell target. That's very important for trading. We want to remove the emotion. And setting sell targets is pretty easy because you can use stop and limit orders. Now, what do I mean by a sell target? So if we bought a stock, we need to set the high end and the low end on the position. Meaning, hey, look, I bought it, uh, you know, what I think is the low, I'm going to set 
a sell target on the high end at let's say 35%. I'm just gonna use that Apple example again. Uh, we got in at the bottom. Now, that doesn't mean we're going to sell it, but we're gonna reevaluate the position, but we're gonna use stop and limit orders to make sure that if we get caught doing something else, as sometimes life throws things at us, our order will get executed and we would have secured profits. The downside to using sell and stop orders, etc., is that, yeah, you might miss some upside, but the discipline of investing, of trading, requires that you go ahead and set those limits, but you evaluate when it gets there. Like I said, you don't necessarily have to get rid of the position, but please evaluate as if you didn't own it from there. Okay, so again, as we tie all of this in, we've done the retirement accounts, which by the way, for IRAs and some of you with 401ks, brokerage options are available. You can go ahead and execute some of these more aggressive strategies. I don't know if I would recommend that, but if you're a good investor, I say go for it. Taxable investing, of course, you can do this all day long, you know, because we invest to our time frame, as I mentioned in the previous podcast on asset allocation. So wrap this up. We have an opportunity with the turnaround in the market to make some money shorter term. We already have our long-term strategy in place for those IRAs and those 401ks but we're looking to take advantage of perhaps what's going on in the market on a shorter term. We want that momentum. Now, we're not going to go out necessarily and find a Bed Bath & Beyond or a GameStop or an AMC, but we might find good companies who are making money because we've done our fundamental homework, and they might be trading off their bottoms. So if, for example, Adobe is up above uh, 20% year-to-date, you know, the S&P 500 is still off about 10, 11% year to date. So you would have done quite well. And you know you don't have to look to very aggressive or small positions. As you can tell, most of what I discussed in previous podcasts and like today, you know these are components of the S&P 500. So these are large, well-established companies, easy to do research on, easy to find what analysts are saying about them. And of course, again, gotta say it one more time, do your homework. Okay, so that's really it about transitioning from a bear market into, let's say, a turnaround situation or potentially a bull market. Could this be a bear market rally, meaning this is a false positive so that the market is coming off of its lows because it's oversold and we might double dip? Absolutely. But even for you traders who have a shorter term horizon, this still might present an opportunity as we've already seen since the lows of June into early July, all right? So just because we might retest those lows doesn't make for a lack of opportunity in the market. And for those of you who are listening who still want that buy and hold strategy, a lot of today is probably not necessarily relevant to your strategy, but it's a good way to kind of view the market in a shorter term time horizon to confirm what you're doing long-term is good, meaning you've done your homework on your funds, you know that you're in a great place and you just held on through the pullback and you are going to continue to hold on as the markets turn around and hopefully rally into the fourth quarter, knock on wood, would love to see it, okay? So for those of you with those different strategies, I hope you got something out of this today. And just to kind of circle back to this too, going forward, not talking about IRAs and 401ks anymore, 
we are moving into trading stocks, all right? So as you listen to this, maybe you could do some homework for next time for my regular listeners and followers. And oh, by the way, please like and follow. I'd love to see different people from all over the world um, on my podcast website. And thank you again to those international listeners. But you know, look at the stocks that you have chosen, all right? And watch through the lens of what we're getting ready to discuss on things that capture momentum. Not necessarily earnings per share, but what are other investors like yourself looking at? You know, is it fintech? Is it chips? How has the supply chain kind of unraveling done to those things that you like? And by unraveling, I mean getting a little easier. And I don't know where you live, but you might be seeing more 18-wheelers on the road delivering goods to your local stores. Things are moving. Things are changing. And as investors, we want to capture that, okay? Even this morning, there's talk of chips. Even though there's been a problem, things might be turning around. So how do I position myself with that? Are there other products that people are buying that I might want to get my hands on? The iPhone 14 looks like it's going to drop early September. So what does that mean for those Apple numbers? And maybe Apple's running as a result of all that. So we'll take all of that into consideration going forward. And much like I've done before, I'm going to break it down into small components. So we will deal with a small sliver of trading and momentum for each of the podcasts going forward. One more recap, guys. Retirement, tax-deferred accounts, taxable investing. Make sure you've got your asset allocation in place. Make sure for you stock pickers, you've got a watch list and you're executing from the watch list because you're less likely to be emotional about what you invest in. Not to say that you can't add or take away from, but we're trying to remove emotion from investing. And for those of you who want to move on past sector funds and into stocks, please take a look now. You aggressive investors should be doing a pretty good job and be happy with yourselves. You moderate investors who are getting ready to jump in, please follow suit. Okay. Once again, thanks for listening. Shout out to my international listeners. And truly, you know, please like and follow and, and look me up on LinkedIn. I'd love to see and hear from people. And a few of you I have connected with uh, as LinkedIn friends or whatever they're called. Oh, also, I'd like to mention this too. As we get through trading, we will get into options, okay? We will break down options as well, but I'm going to go ahead and do a couple of podcasts on trading stocks first before we get into options. And for those of you who've been tracking me for a while, notice how I haven't done bonds yet. I keep putting off bonds because the market environment, the stock market has changed so dramatically in the last several months. I like to keep it here because I think people have more of an interest on the stock side of the market at this time while interest rates are going up and inflation is high than they do in the bond market. And that's also reflected in the performance of a lot of bonds or bond funds as well. So with that said, I'd love to say thank you once again. I appreciate all the listeners and the growing followers, etc. And I will be transitioning slowly to YouTube uh, here very soon. I've got everything set up, just trying to improve the production, improve the process, increase the number of podcasts I do on a monthly basis, etc. So stay tuned. There should be more to come. Thank you once again for listening. Please check me out. I'm Elliot Cox. This is Touchstone Financial Education. You can also check me out at touchstonefinancialeducation.com. And you guys have the rest of a great day. Once again, thanks for listening.